get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. And I'm Brandon Kylie. I was hoping as we would be talking today with our friend, the blues analyst for the Blues Radio Network, Joey Vitale, we would be talking about the Western Conference Finals. Alas, it was not meant to be. And so we are recapping the season for the Blues today with our friend via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, Joey Vitale, joining us now here on the show. Joey, how you doing today, man? Joey, Joey, Joey. Joey. Ah. I'm going to miss that, boys. I'm going to miss it this summer. Hey, guys, I'm doing... Doing really well, like you said, BK. You said it past, you know, you're hoping to still talk Blues hockey, unfortunately. Uh, it didn't happen just that way. The Blues ran into the juggernaut of the Colorado Avalanche team. They knew they'd have to get past at some point in the playoffs. And uh, to be honest with you, I think they just uh, got beat by a better team. But, no, if offseason begins and, and now a whole bunch of new storylines to, to certainly follow as we continue into the summer months. Joey, as I look back on that series, I mean, there, there's so many what ifs, and I think that's the worst part, right? It's a the way that it happened at the very end of Game Six against Colorado, and then B just losing Bennington, not being able to have Tory Krug for that series. That makes it hurt that much worse. But when you look back on the season as a whole, Ryan O'Reilly said earlier this week in his media availability that it was a disappointing year because of how talented this Blues team was, that they weren't able to make it further. I still view it as a success given the injuries, given how much they were able to overcome and given the fact that they, they gave Colorado all they could handle. How do you assess the overall results for the 2022 blue season? You know what? Honestly, I I'm looking at it pretty optimistically. You know, I, I think that listen, it was going to be hard to get past Colorado. I think everyone knows that. I mean, to me, this is still, this is still maybe the team uh, that's going to win the Stanley cup. I, I think it's going to be the team that wins it. I think Tampa would give them, a pretty hard run, but the way New York's handled the, the Tampa Bay Lightning in game one, maybe the Rangers get past them. You know what I mean? And uh, I think if Colorado can solidify a little bit of goaltending, hopefully, you know, Darcy Kemper proves to be okay. I think that's still the favorite to win. So you got beat by what I, what I claim to think is going to be the team that wins the Stanley Cup. So I think from a playoff standpoint, you know, it, it's okay. You get past Minnesota. It was a great first round. Um, you were right there in the second round. You're bounced away from forcing the game seven. I mean, it's close. And I think if you take a snapshot of what happened in playoffs, let's, let's magnify it to the whole season. It was close in the playoffs. It was close all season long. I mean, that's why I look at this season from an optimistic standpoint. You know, I'm sitting up in the booth, and, of course, when Helm scores that goal late, uh, it's, it's one of those things where all season long, the Blues were always in a game. It was amazing. I mean, there's only been maybe two or three games where they got blown out. The one in Calgary, they come home, the one in Colorado with Avalanche come back to town. But there were certain games that they got blown out. But aside from that, I would say 98% of all the games we saw, it was right there to the very end. You know, don't, don't get mesmerized by the score. A lot of times it's those empty netters that can mm. kind of fool you. The Blues are right there to the very end. So to me, guys, I, I look at this season as certainly, like Ryan O'Reilly said, a disappointment. But looking at the offseason, you're close. There's only a couple things you got to tweak, and I think you're right back in the mix. I mean, this isn't a situation 
where it's an off season now and you're looking at it. Well, we got no no support from the, our, our goal scorers. You know, our goaltender was trash. We don't know what the heck's going to happen with him. Um, where, where are our defense? Right? It, it's not like it's a completely recycle of players where we have to figure out how to become competitive again. I mean, we have the pieces. We had the pieces this year. We certainly will have the pieces moving forward. It's just a minor tweak here and there. You know, what happens with David Fron? Can we figure out maybe a fourth liner to really kind of solidify 12 forward where we can run 12 in a positive way? You know, an injury here, an injury there, and you're right back in the mix. Um, Jordan Bennington, to me, he's proven that he's the guy again, right? For a while there, wasn't looking like that. What are we the goaltender situation? So, again, there's so many great things to follow along the season. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm looking at this offseason as Doug Armstrong does not have a ton to do. It's only a minor tweak here and there, and this team is right back in it. Joe, you mentioned that fourth line. Um, we just played a cut of Craig Berube, who was on the fast lane yesterday, talking about how they just didn't have an identity all season long. Do you think that, with the exception of David Perron, is going to be priority number one for Doug Armstrong to try and come up with an identity for that line? You know what, I think that I've always said that the fourth line identity is created by the individuals on the line. You know, I mean, no one would have expected the Steen, Barbashev, Sunquist. Um, line to be what it was until Craig Bruby put those three together. You know, so I think that that's something that is going to have to be a uh, structure moving forward. I will say to me, the lightning rod, the catalyst, the guy right in the middle of it all has got to be 12 Chanko, I think, for simply the way he played in the postseason down the stretch of the season. Um, his speed, his tenacity, his physicality, um, his approach to the game, his consistency every single night. I mean, he, he needs a driver. You know, that's what Oscar Sundquist was to Craig Berube for a long time there. He was the driver of this team. And I think the Blues lost that when they lost Sonny. Not when they traded him, but when he got hurt. That's when they lost that driving lightning rod force for Craig Berube. Barbashev was kind of the secondary guy for Craig Berube, but I think that, you know, he scored a lot of goals this year. He was kind of in between. Like, is he a goal scorer? Is he, is he a fourth-line grinder, right? We didn't really know what he was, and at times maybe he didn't know what he was uh, because he can certainly do both. But to me, you got to have guys that understand that role. And to me, Torbchenko is that guy. Joey, as we look at that fourth line, just a little bit of a quick follow-up question on that for you. Alex mentioned a player that I think it looks like he would fit the part, but I want to get your thoughts on him. He's from your alma mater at Northeastern, played for Pittsburgh, and then was traded last year at the deadline to Anaheim, and that's Zach Aston Reese. Is that the type of player that you think the Blues might be looking for this offseason? And if not, what, what do you think they will be looking for? Who are maybe some names that immediately come to mind for you? You, you know what? It's definitely it's an interesting one. Um, yeah, Zach Aston Reese, of course, he had a great career in, in college, you know, uh, playing alongside uh, Gaudette and a bunch of guys that uh, were certainly a, a team to take the Northeastern very far. He had some success in Pittsburgh. Like, I'm quite frankly, a lot of kids will have success in Pittsburgh because they're just so deep and so good, and you're surrounded by the best players in the world. Um, he picked up his pace, I think, in Anaheim. There's a good opportunity for him there. You know, it just it, a lot of it just depends, I think, BK, on, on, on what Craig Berube decides he wants out of this fourth line. I mean, uh, you can look at it two different ways. I mean, do you look at more of a grinded-out um, smash-mouth style like a bunch of Torbchenkos? Um, or do you go down a different road where uh, you, you kind of follow along what Craig Berube said the other day? This is a, it's a fast, skilled game now. You need goal scoring and depth from all four lines. You know, I think, is there a way to find a balance? Is there a way to find a mix where you can have uh, both those things um, in a guy? I, I certainly think so. You know, uh, to me, I, I, I don't know. Like, to me, I think that we, we really can use, you know, a guy like Delorier, which you saw in Minnesota, a guy that um, has that weird balance where he plays physical, but we, we think we still need a little bit of toughness. I think there's still value 
in that toughness in this league where you, know, you get a guy like Goudreau, get a guy like Ryan Reeves. They're, they're, they're few and far in between, but if you can figure out a way to land one of them, they really can establish um, something pretty special there on that fourth line. And I think that they can create a little bit of space from everyone around them. Joe, final one from me. Uh, I think the bigger topic that a lot of people are going to be talking about this offseason is, is defense and what they're going to do with it moving forward. I want to put you in Doug Armstrong's shoes. If you had the option to just re-sign Nick Letty, who's got some familiarity here with St. Louis, or maybe go big sea fishing and look for a guy like a Jacob Chikrin in the offseason, which one would you lean towards? I mean, listen, I love the way uh, Nick Letty played on the stretch for us. I thought he, he brought that predictability. I thought he brought um, – he's just a guy that – that made a play when we needed him to make a play. I mean, this is what, you know, Mike Van Ryan had a conversation with him. I think it was leaving the Calgary game about three or four months ago. And we were talking about the struggles of the game and struggles, maybe that time in the season. And, you know, he said something to me, he said, you know who we really miss? And I was thinking like, uh, Petrangelo, you know, he goes, we miss a player like Carl Gunnarsson. And I was like, really Carl? He's like, yeah, we just need a guy that's going to step over the boards and just make that play. Just make that simple pass, get out of the zone and let's get going. Like, so uh, there, for defense, Alex, there is a level of simplicity that I think that this, this, this coaching staff really appreciates and really enjoys. It's not just the flash of the Kale McCars. Um, it, it's just those players that can step over like Callie Rosen did. We just saw him sign an extension here, I think for rightful reasons, because he reminds them a lot of Carl Gunnarsson. Um, you know, Nick Letty, what does that look like? Is it a one year? Is it a two year? You know, he's kind of getting up there in age right now, but I really love the way he kind of brought this team together. I think him along with his fellow Minnesota boy there and Justin Falk, they really brought this kind of quiet poise to that back end. And if you remember right, uh, that, that, that quiet poise is what really helped the Blues win in 2019. It wasn't the rah-rah guys on the backside, right? It was the Jay Bo Meesers. It was the Carl Gunnarsons. I mean, even Joel Edmondson, to some degree, could play a little quiet style of game. It was those guys that kind of kept everything patient and calm back there. You want to ask yourselves, why do the Blues always um, find themselves in games? Why, when they were down in games all season long over the last three years under Craig Ruby, why, when they were down in games, did they always figure out a way to come back? To me, the answer is simple. It's just you got a quiet poise on that bench, and it's the personality, it's the character of the players on that bench that create that calm, solidified poise, whether it be Nick Letty, Ryan O'Reilly, the Jay Bowmeisters, the Carl Gunnarsons. Um, you know, so many players on that bench just have that quiet approach. And I think that that's certainly a value, and Nick Letty can certainly bring that. So to me, Doug Armstrong, uh, that's one of the main many decisions he's got to make. I mean, if you make that decision, where does that fit for Scott Perunovich? I mean, two similar players, of course, a big gap in age. Is it time to give Scott Perunovich um, that jump, to give him that love? You know, he plays a very similar style to Nick Letty, can run a power play, can get up in the offense. You know, so it's just a lot of it's going to depend on Nick Letty is where they I think they feel where Scott Perunovich is um, during this offseason. Remember, he got that wrist surgery there in January. Made a comeback there for the playoffs, which was awesome, which is going to really help his offseason. But at the same time, if they don't feel like he's ready to make that jump, maybe assign Nick Letty, have him be a mentor for one more year. Final question for Joey Vitale. He's the Blues analyst for the Blues Radio Network. We've appreciated all of his time that he's been able to give us throughout the Blues season. Joey, one bold prediction from you for the offseason, whether it be a guy that the Blues maybe acquire or an offseason for a player that you think is just going to come back and maybe take on a role that Blues fans don't expect. You can take this in any direction, but what's a prediction that you have for the offseason that you think fans should keep an eye on? Well, my, my biggest thing is I think you got to sign David Perron. You know, I think that uh, not only what he did this uh, this year offensively, uh, he, I, I just, the, the more I hear from him talking to media, he is, he has really grown in to becoming um, quite an individual, not only as a player, but, but as an individual in this league, you know, the way he talks to media, the way he answers questions, um, he has the same approach in the locker room. 
uh, the leadership core, he, he is, he is part of that inner circle to me. You know, you have a lot of teams and coaches do it differently, but I had a coach once you draw a circle and then a bigger circle around that circle. And then, and it's basically layers, right? And then you always got to make sure that you have a strong core of players in that inner circle. Cause everyone's going to feed off of from there. You know, you got people in that circle, like, like Ryan O'Reilly, right? Like, like Colton Pragel, Justin Falk. And we have players that, I mean, Tory crew to me, he's in that circle of leadership groups. David Prawn is right there. Um, not only what he does for, for Ryan O'Reilly on that top line, but the way he drags players into the fight, you, you look at his game and you just want to mimic it and you want to uh, imitate it. If I'm on that bench and I see the way he competes, you want to be that. And you know that what he says, even though it's not a ton, you know that it's going to be positive. It's going to be direction for winning hockey. There's just not a lot of players left in this league right now, for whatever reason, that have that competitive edge like David Prawn has. They just don't. And I'm not sure why that is, but the way he holds on to pucks and the way he just uh, loses it and he just grabs it back. I mean, he will do anything to get it back. Uh, the way he created chaos in playoffs, whether it be drawing penalties, going to the net, um, getting involved with the casualty thing. I mean, it's just things like that. He's just so incredibly passionate uh, alongside with all the incredible hockey skills that he, he obtains, of course. But I think that I think that to help Ryan O'Reilly in that leadership group, I think David Prawn is just a guy you have to bring back. You've got to figure a way to make it work, whether it be uh, give him a term or give him a price tag, a bonuses, however it's structured. Uh, to me, that, that, that is the most important thing, I think, with this offseason. I thought it was at first, you know, the Billy Huso and the Jordan Bennington thing, but that was about three or four weeks ago. I think to me, the, the questions have been answered there. I think that Jordan Bennington certainly has shown that he still is the guy here and it works out well because they already signed up that great contract. Billy Huso to me, um, he's going to move on. He's going to get paid. I think he is the best backup goaltender in the league right now on the market. Plenty of opportunities for him. I mean, you look at every other team in the national hockey league still playing right now. I mean, Koskin in the backup, you know, Francois uh, backup. I mean, to me, those guys, they just don't, they don't have what a starter has. Billy's not only got the youthfulness, he's got the skill, he's got the presence. He can be a starter somewhere. I think you got to let that one go. So to me, David Prawn is, is the biggest thing that Doug Armstrong has to figure out and take care of moving forward in this offseason. He's Joey Vitale, Blues analyst for the Blues Radio Network. Joey, enjoy the offseason, man, and we'll talk with you again soon. Thank you so much for everything and enjoying uh, joining us rather throughout the, uh, the Blues season. We'll talk with you again soon, man. Hey, BK, Alex, and uh, Tanner, you guys do a, do a heck of a job. It's always a pleasure on, my, on these Thursdays. I always enjoy them all season long. Again, from midday uh, afternoon radio, you guys are the best in the business. I appreciate all your homework and everything you do, being prepared and, and bringing it to the people in St. Louis. And uh, God bless you all. We'll talk to you guys uh, next next fall. Absolutely. You're the best. That's Joey Vitale joining us here on 101 ESPN. Again, huge thanks to him for joining us throughout the blue season.